Radio crew, let's get to work. I hope you're having a good week as always. Today's guest is Na Nguyen. Na is an experienced real estate agent and lead agent at Area Specialist. Her simplified and honest approach to real estate allows her to excel within the industry, including during harder seasons of property decline, tighter lending restrictions, and higher interest rates across much of Australia. Expect to learn how Na uses honesty and high levels of communication to keep the client informed through the buying and selling process, the advantages of being with a franchise to increase support systems available whilst reducing expenses, the approximate cost and process of starting your own real estate company, how to survive the decline in property prices and the attrition rate within the industry, what a property owner should look for in identifying a highly effective real estate agent, and how to safeguard yourself against sleazy real estate agent tactics during an appraisal. Expect to learn all of this and much, much more. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Na Nguyen. Na Nguyen, welcome to the show. How are you, my friend? I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you. Fantastic. Now, tell us about what it is that you do and who you are. You are a real estate agent in a roundabout way, but you also have some other businesses on the side. What's going on? Yeah, my main job, everyday job, I work in real estate. Um, I got a little um, nail salon beside just to help rainy day, the market, how the market today. Awesome. Is there any parallels between the two? Like, do you see any similarities between running a nail salon and running a real estate agency? Real estate is just a different business than the nail salon. However, we still have different people, different character, just different, very different. So in terms of uh, being a real estate agent, you were a real estate agent for another company or another companies? Were you with a few different companies before you decided to go into a franchise? The reason is... I think being with a franchise, I have a lot more benefits. They got a really good system that I can follow and we have advice from them, help from them, that if I do it on my own, it will be very, very difficult. So you'd say that being at a franchise, there's a lot more support and you have access to systems that maybe you wouldn't have access to if you were running your own agency. Is that about right? It's not just um, they have ex- more system. It's also about the money that we're going to spend as well because they are a big franchise. They got a lot of discounts on different programs where if I have to open my own and use one, that will be another five time expenses than what I'm paying now to the franchise. For somebody listening to the show and they're thinking to themselves, I want to start my very own real estate agency, how expensive is that? Is that something that is, you know, millions of dollars? Is it within the reach of most people? How expensive? How much money would you say that you'd need to actually start your own agency these days? To start about, oh, it's very very different as well, depend on the shop fronts. The renovation, I think we spend over 200 grand for hours to start with. Just one thing and the other. It's just you have to set up so many things. You have to get yourself ready, renovations, insurances, franchise fees, contracts, solicitor fees. It's just so much. It's easier when you buy a business than start a business. 
Yeah, that mm. I could imagine it would have huge advantages. I have a friend recently who has bought a franchise in a different industry and he has nothing mm. but praise uh, for buying a franchise and it's been really successful for him so far. So yeah. it's, it's going to be really interesting yeah. to have him on the show and I think I've got him booked in shortly. So it's going to be interesting to hear his take on uh, being part of a franchise as well. Listen, I get the sense that uh, real estate agents have just got to be super resilient people. We see markets fluctuate all the time. They go up and down. In what ways can you bulletproof yourself in this market that seems very fluctuating, but more so recently fluctuating in a negative way? It seems like property prices are on the decline, interest rates are on the rise. How can you sort of weather the storm as an agent? I guess we all have to work a bit harder than before. More phone calls, give a, a better face, work long hours, give good services, keep the communications, follow up where before business just come by itself and houses would sell within a day. Now we take a week, two weeks. Some of the property like over a million dollars could be two, three months on the market. So just work harder, longer hours, what? put more effort to it. Wow. And and that's so interesting what you said that people came to you when the market was hot and now suddenly it's on its flip side and you're sort of having to, to change gears. Do you think that many agents will leave the profession in such a downturn or do you or have you seen this or observed other agents sort of struggling so much so that they're considering another profession? Look, um, in real estate, I think if you can last for a year, then you might last for five years. But normally people would live within the three to six months. Because when um, with my first employer, if you if you don't sell anything within the first three months, then you're out. Because, you know, they got to pay your retainers. It's not a wage that they pay you, it's retainers. So, you know, when you sell a house, you get the commission, you got to pay the retainer back to the company. And that's make a lot of people have to leave. You've got to leave. I feel like retainers would be my worst nightmare. You're getting paid temporarily, but then you have to pay it back and you're trying to rush against the commission wave. It's, uh, yeah, probably no way to yeah. run a family or, or provide for a family. I can imagine it'd be very difficult, especially in these times. For somebody like yourself, I look at you as a successful agent and, you know, I know you're very humble and, and when I talk to you, you certainly don't, you know, emphasize the fact that you are successful. But in your mind, what is it that actually makes a successful agent? What are the barriers to becoming a successful real estate agent such as yourself? I think to be successful in real estate, number one and the most important thing is to be honest. You need to be honest. You need to keep the client informed in everything, the good news as well as the bad news. Communication is so, so so important. That's I think that's the most important thing. A lot of people they scare, they worry about you know telling the the owners, oh I do an open home, I have no one comes, and then they just don't answer the call because they don't know what to answer, what to say. But I think you need to front every situation and that just make things become very easy. What would be your top piece of advice for, for a real estate agent that's looking to improve their communication? If you were to give somebody a roadmap on becoming a great communicator, what would the single biggest piece of advice be? I think open-minded, truthful, good communication and be honest. Fantastic advice. Listen, when you are dealing with a vendor and a buyer, how do you balance up 
the outcomes for both? I mean, you've got the vendor that is looking to achieve the highest possible price and you have the buyer that's looking to achieve the lowest possible price. Does this tie back in with communication or are there some unique strategies that you put in place to kind of address this imbalance of objectives that both the vendor and the buyer have? Again, I think just keep the communication, keep your conversation open. Is there is no um, a system that we use is just personal and use our real estate um, strategy when you deal with a property. Curious, in, in a very saturated industry, it seems like every second person I talk to wants to become a real estate agent. How do you differentiate yourself in what is already a very saturated market? I think we have a very good management phase. We keep our commission in a reasonable phase trying to keep it reasonable. We pay the commission to agent very high, very truthful to the vendor and buyers and keep, you know, our training, sale meeting to improve ourselves. When you're talking about your team, I mean, because you you mentioned we, so I I presume that you have a team of people uh, that you work for. How many people are working with you at the moment in your company? So we have together property managers and sales agents, nine all together. And how responsible are you for this team's success? Do you coach them uh, deal to deal, house to house, or do you provide some kind of learning, like professional learning, so that the outcome for the company is improved? And also, I'd imagine, as you said, that the industry is very competitive. How do you sort of balance out um, keeping a client for yourself or keeping a listing for yourself and also wanting to help out others in your team that maybe aren't having as good a month as you are? So to keep our knowledge up to date as well as the um, legislation, you need um, to have training. And the good thing about our franchise, we have training every Tuesday for about half an hour. And also we have our sale meeting and training every week as well. Then we have our continued professional development of every year to continue your license. If you don't do it, then you're going to lose your license. So that's eight hours a year. And also we do attend the seminar to improve our knowledge. For somebody as successful as you, do you find that professional learning actually valuable? Do you get much value out of it or do you often attend seminars and go, well, I've attended but I kind of already knew most of this or is it still good to enforce those principles anyway? I don't think knowledge would be ever enough. If you really want to learn and you want to be better, you will pay attention and will be never never going to be enough. Um, different topic different time sometimes you know it but you forgot about it but then they wake you up when you attend that seminar and it's just say oh I didn't do this for a long time I might have to do it now so I think continue training you know open your mind get new knowledge improve the knowledge that you have just improving every day would be a really, really, really good thing. And so looking back at your younger self and when you first started in the industry, were there some mistakes that you made when trying to get a buyer or trying to get a seller? You know, what what were some of the mistakes that you made early on? I think the worst mistake, not just me, but many others, we used to assume things. I assume, don't assume. Can you give me a a quick example of an assumption that you're talking about? Okay, for example, you're selling a house that got tenants in there. 
and the lease might end in two years' time. But you might assume that the lease ends next year. So don't assume it. Make sure you know when the lease ends because you can't kick the tenants out. Probably the new owner can negotiate with them somehow, you know, give them a one-month free rent for them to happy move out earlier, find something else. Because eventually, if they got to move out, they're going to move out. But don't assume the lease going to end. Don't, don't say things that is not right because you'll be in big trouble. They can cancel a contract just for that. Have you made any mistakes yourself around over-promising and under-delivering? I hear that phrase thrown around the industry a little bit. I have various uh, friends that are in the industry and I hear this kind of idea of over-promising. Is that simply just, hey, we think you're going to get a million dollars when you know, the in fact, the, the actual value might be close to 800000 Is that kind of where they're going with that? Well, that's my mistake because I never do it. And that's why I lose my business. So <laughs> that's why I keep repeating the owner, <laughs> to be honest and honest and honest. If I yes. have over-deliver, I think I will have more business than how I have it now. But I prefer to help people instead of chasing a business and get a business and I can't, um, comp- I can't, you know, give a successful sale to my vendors. I prefer to tell them the truth. And then I see a lot of houses, you know, I told them they didn't believe me, went to the market, off the market or didn't sell. But I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with how I am, my strategy, uh, my job, because I tell people in advance, you know, I, I, if I think it's worth that much, it's worth that much. If I don't think it's worth that much, I'll tell them, look, I don't think so. But if you like to try, we can try. I feel like the whole over-promising saga causes people to view real estate agents as used car salesmen, greasy sales tactics. And I know that that's simply not the case for many great agents such as yourself. But why do you think the industry is plagued with these misconceptions? Why do you think that some people view agents in that way? Do you think there are people in the industry, obviously not shooting your, your fellow real estate agents in the foot, but do you think there are people in the industry that do use sort of sly tactics to try and, uh, you know, get a better deal for themselves, maybe slightly higher commission, um, you know, an extra listing? Do you see any of that? I do see a lot of it because we, um, when we go to do an appraisal, which is a listing presentation, an owner probably not going to choose one agent. They probably get three agents from different companies to, to see idea, their fees, marketing fees, commission fees, price. Probably I come up with one price, the other agent come a higher price. And that's what happened to me last time. I told her, I think I can get you from 800 to 850. Another agent coming, oh, I get you a million dollars. The how end up sold for 820,000, which is my price range. But she didn't get me because the other guy was say a million dollars. Now, I think there's a few people around, but you got to pick a good one. It's like lottery. I don't know. You got to pick ones. Uh, it just depends. Um, again, on your listing presentation, um, depend if you got a vendor that is an accountant. He will love to see a lot of paperwork. Where me myself, I just want a nice, honest conversation. Give me a sample of how much next door, next street sold for. You know how much my next door neighbor on the market 
for right now and then I'm good at it. But some people just want paperwork after paperwork. Some people just easy, easy going. What advice would you give a seller when looking for a prospective agent? Would you tell them to look at anything in particular to ensure that they do get an honest appraisal and good quality service? For you looking within your own industry, you know what makes a good agent. How can a seller know this without working with the person first? How can they safeguard themselves towards some of these agents that are using some of these underhand tactics? Is there a strategy that a vendor could potentially use? It's, it's very difficult, especially here in Tasmania. Everybody knows everybody. Here, probably worth by mouth. You know, if I know you, you introduce me to your friend, that's it, I'm in. It's not like over the mainland where you don't know anybody. So you get people in and you choose the best. So how you choose the best? Through their presentation to see what they, because normally vendors know how much their house worth. They know how much they want. Why do they they use a real estate agent then if they know how much the house is worth? Why do they use an appraiser? Is it just a confirmation? I think it's a confirmation um, because like it or not, that's our everyday job. So we have a very good knowledge of the market of the house. So if I drive through a street that I, my farming area, I would know how about hours, how much the next one, how much the other one. It's just when you go in, you just need to check how old is the house or have you done any renovation and then you add on on the research that you've done. So that's why a real estate agent need to have a lot of knowledge. It's got it's like a handyman, like a builder. You need to know how much a square meter of tile will worth. You know how to know, you know, how much to paint the house. You need to know how much, you know, to book new curtains. So you give owners advice. So to choose a real estate agent, I don't know, is pretty personal. It's through their listing presentation you you no, and then when you meet a person, having a chat, you sort of—it's I don't know—it's very personal. You would through their through their through the conversation, through the listing presentation, probably you would know. Yep, she's for me. I said no. Sometimes you get them back again. So the first conversation, the first meeting, probably just to have a chat, a general chat, and then you get them back the second time. If you know to confirm yourself. If you're happy with them, if whatever information they give you, you're happy with that, then you'll go with it. What sort of things, and I'm sorry to dig into this even more and giving away all the secrets of a good agent, but that's why we're here. I'm just curious how, in in a presentation, what is it that a vendor should look for? You've mentioned presentation a few times. You've said that in the presentation, a vendor will be able to decide which agent to go for. So what are they exactly looking for in that presentation? So what we normally come, we come with a CMA research which we do our um, online research to see how many property have sold in the area, how many, many active property that's for sale at the moment, and then the comparison between this house and your house, similar house just sold, so then we know how much your house was. And in there we, we show you our fees, our advertising, what we're going to do better than the other agent for you, what we what we offer you more than the other agent for you? What strategy were you gonna when when you're going to take the photos? What you're gonna do on the marketing side that better than the other company? You're gonna plan it for the vendors 
everything. You're making me want to become a real estate agent, but I don't know if I'd be cut out for it. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see, maybe in the future. At the moment, I'm just enjoying talking to people like yourself and educating myself on the topic. Uh, Listen, what is the single greatest piece of advice you could give a prospective agent looking to improve their performance within the industry? So think about this, I guess, in terms of being somebody who offered up some professional development and you're in a seminar full of a thousand of Australia's top real estate agents and you wanted to further their education, what would you tell them? Continue training, keep up with all the legislation and keep up with the knowledge. With that, you can talk. With that, you can get business. Knowledge is power, huh? Knowledge is power. Just know know everything, you'll be fine. I love it. Listen, Juliana, if people want to get in touch with you and work with you as a potential agent, where can they go? Can they get in contact through an email address? How can they find you? Yeah, we have our website. Send me an email on my email address or my mobile or we got our office front on the main road in Glenorchy. So hop in and see us anytime. And what is your email address? (laughs) (laughs) My email address is nmysurname at areaspecialist.com.au and my mobile number, you want my mobile number? (laughs) No, that's okay. We'll put all the uh, links in the description to the podcast so that if people want to reach out and use a fantastic agent, uh, they'll be able to have no issues in getting in contact with you. So I really appreciate you coming on and sharing those uh, valuable insights. And um, yeah, I look forward to working with you in the future in my next property engagement. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck. Thanks, Juliana. Well, there you go, crew. I think I'll save this episode for the next time I buy or sell a property. With so much confusion out there in the world of real estate, it's hard to know who to trust. With information NAR has provided, I feel we can rest easy when choosing our next agent for the job of selling that lifestyle or investment property. Her advice is also clearly relevant to those within the real estate profession looking to improve their performance. If you want to get in touch with Nah, you can find her contact details in the description. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and follow us on Instagram at Mistake Mastery. In the meantime, crew, take care.